This is Kirsty Adams, host of the Logistics Podcast and editor of SHC Logistics Magazine. I'm just walking along a rainy London street on my way to meet Sam Clark and Jose. Sam Clark is the founder of a company called Newt, which we reported on a couple of weeks back. It's actually Newt by Menzies Distribution, because Menzies bought them in 2017. But I'm meeting Sam, who's the original founder of the company. We reported that they had delivered their 500,000th parcel for ASOS, and it was during the first week of the ultra-low emission zone. I'm guessing that they didn't feel the frustrations of other companies because they're an all-electric delivery company. So we kind of wanted to speak to Sam and Jose to find out what's happening at Newt, what its plans for the future are, and what it's like for driver Jose to drive an all-electric vehicle. How is it different to diesel? So I'm hoping they won't mind me interviewing them in the rain. I'm sure they'll be very obliging. So I'm just approaching them now. with founder of Newt, Sam Clark and driver Jose on 50 Basinghall Street with Newt founder Sam Clark and one of his drivers Jose. Sam can you tell me what your role is for Newt and for Menzies Distribution? My role is to continue to develop the business that I founded 10 years ago with a view to trying to grow the electric vehicle delivery um, operations in central London and other cities. So the ultra-low emission zone came into play earlier this month. What impact do you think that has on the urban logistics in London, Sam? I think it will have an impact over the next few months and years as um, people recognise that the cost implications of, of bringing in the dirtier emitting vehicles into central London. And obviously businesses that are already pure EV or Euro 6 standard will be exempt from that additional charge. But I think it will help to shape a better vehicle fleet mix within central London that's more environmentally friendly. What does the future of urban logistics look like in London, do you think? I'd like to think that there's more consolidation and there's more people working together because whilst we have a fully electric fleet, but other businesses I think also need to follow suit. But similarly, we need to reduce the level of congestion in the city and that's not going to happen if the behavioural patterns of the purchasers and the individual carriers don't work more closely together to achieve a better urban solution as the population continues to increase. Jose, I'm sorry to make you stand in the rain. What's it like driving one of Newt's electric vehicles around London? I've been working for Newt for the past seven years. Before, I used to drive diesel vans, and then they introduced me by the electric vehicles. Apparently, it's like the same vehicle as a diesel, but the only thing is no, is no noise. But it's really fun to drive electric vehicle. Good. As a pedestrian, I always make sure I look yeah. left and right now because they're so quiet, these, yeah. you know, yeah. the Prius that's coming up behind me, usually. Sam, could you tell me a bit more about Newt and how it operates in London? So, um, our clients trunk the volume down or we, or we go and collect it from wherever it's packaged up in normally the middle of the country so that's brought down through the night and then we take hold of the parcels very early in the morning do the sortation at our sites on the peripherals of central London and then you 
use our fully electric fleet to do the last mile uh, into the city centre on a basis. Would you say more than the last mile, it's nowadays it's more last quarter of a mile? And we're starting to coin the phrase last metre now in terms of us and how we deliver uh, to the front doors of the offices and, and, the, and the flats in central urban areas because the sensitivity on the street in terms of the constant fight for that space means that we have to continually think about other ways of getting to that door and deliver efficiently. Can you tell me a bit more about the partnership with ASOS? Yeah, that's been going for around nine months now. It's a hugely positive message to the wider industry as well in the sense of us working directly with the retailer. The thing that I'm most proud of is that the communication between us, ASOS, and their customer means that the end customer knows that their parcel is being delivered by an electric vehicle, which is an industry first, and means that the, the people who are actually making those purchases are aware of the fact that there is an environmental solution to have those things delivered to their place of work and not necessarily to where they... Uh, where they live domestically because that's not always an easy place to deliver to because everyone's at work so um, to be able to still deliver things to people's place of work but do it in a way that they know that it's being done by electric vehicle is a real positive thing I would say that the driver is now almost the new shop assistant they're the face of the brand how does that impact on your staff? Yeah, it's incredibly important because we do effectively represent whoever it is we're delivering on behalf of so there's a lot of trust involved in us being that last point of contact for the person that's receiving their parcel. So we have to take that element incredibly seriously and make sure that the way that we present ourselves is professional, as any of our clients would expect us to be. Jose, is that different to companies that you worked for before? How you approach customers? Has the expectations of how you approach customers changed? Uh, my point of view, customers is always different here. If you do an area in domestic areas under a private, uh, like a, um, offices and so on, it's completely different because we try to do our best but sometimes you go customers they know corporates with the driver they be rude with us so you need to get everything in position because I'm part of you I, may, I talk by myself myself we we are face of the company I do everything I can to do the best I can to do deliver the parcel I treat the parcel like, like it was for me that's why uh, I'll do it all the time Sam, we know about your ASOS partnership. What other contracts are you hoping to pick up in the future? Uh, more of the same, to be honest. I think a lot of the e-retailers, e-commerce, to which everyone's selling on the internet now anyway, the, the e-commerce market continues to grow. So um, we want to work with as many retailers as we can in a consolidated fashion so that everyone has a consolidated benefit to an environmental delivery in central urban areas. So, yeah, the target audience very much is, is more of the same. And how are changing patterns in consumer behaviour impacting on what you do at Newt? When we first started 10 years ago, it was a next-day delivery, maybe even a two- or three-day delivery, and that was it. But there's more and more pressure now to have things delivered on time, within a certain hour, at a certain time, uh, within flight diversions, and, and all manner of different variants of delivery solution, which is understandable, but at the same time, that creates inefficiency in the logistics supply chains. Wherever we can try to mitigate that, to deliver a, effectively a more environmental and sustainable solution, then we need to do that. And I think that somehow we have to gently remind the customers or the end users that that is something that we have to fight against, but also something they need to recognise is, is a concern because it, it creates inefficiencies that we have to mitigate. I think consumers are clicking the button that says plastic-free packaging, sustainable delivery. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I think so. Um, 
the plastic bag tax is the one I use an example of a lot because it demonstrated to us all as consumers there was an environmental and a, and a financial implication of using plastic bags. And the second that we recognised that, because there was a 5p, which isn't a lot, a lot of money proportionally to what you're spending, but it's enough. It was enough to, to stop us using them. So I think the more the end user recognises the reasons why we're doing what we're doing, then there'll be a, a much bigger behavioural shift. Sam, can you tell me about the portering project? Yeah, so this is another urban innovation that we've developed. We're working with Ford Motor Company on the software to ensure that we are delivering in as many parcels as we can by foot. So we recognise in certain areas of London that we walk, the drivers are walking more than they're driving. And also to avoid parking tickets, they have to move around a lot because they can only stay in certain loading bays or certain bays for a certain amount of time. So we're modelling a solution whereby we can increase the workforce but working for less hours to deliver from a singular van so instead of having maybe five vehicles and five vans in a certain area we might have one van and a number of porters that go and deliver the last that last meter for us and effectively using the, the vehicle as a warehouse on wheels it doesn't make sense to have central warehouse locations anymore in central london it's too expensive and it's too impractical but to use the vehicles themselves as warehouses for a temporary solution whilst we deliver in the local area we think will work and we're going to continue to trial that a really interesting project to hear about thank you would you ever do temperature controlled delivery yes we're already starting working with certain fresh foods distributors in scotland to deliver in, in central london refrigerated and frozen stuff is going to be more challenging on an electric vehicle because it has a, a separate energy source and therefore we have to be mindful of the limitations of the technology at present in terms of battery capacity but for sure it will come like everything else it's another it's another commodity that moves around central london frequently so yeah i'm sure we'll do more of that in the future how is it the new fans to other vans in terms of comfort uh, yes the new vans they're more comfortable than the older version like kangos we you, you drive is more comfortable the nissan's even the way they ride on stuff like that is much better quality as well, the old version. Do the new vehicles have gearboxes? It go gearbox, but you only use for parking and uh, to put in gear to drive and neutral, that's it. Uh, part of the, the quality of the van is better because it don't make no noises, it's more smoother, it's better. Uh, no gases around, so no pollution, it's better. How do you retain staff? Because we know there's a driver shortage. Portion model is one way in which we, we should be able to increase the workforce because those, those guys don't need uh, driving licences because they'll be delivering on foot, of course. Um, so one way we're trying to mitigate it is to, is to tap into other, other sectors of the market, trying to positively impact on the gig economy and the self-employed model, whereby we, we're trying to offer more work for people, even on a short-term basis, on a given day, so that we can increase our workforce and have a greater flexibility during more of an industry shortage in that area. The rain really did start coming down, so we moved inside for the final questions. Sam, can you tell us a bit more about the charging patterns of the vehicles? We have a model by which all the vans are out all day and they don't need charging during the day, and we do all of our charging at night. Um, the important thing now is because we're of a certain scale, the charging system has to be smart. We have to manage and be sensitive to the building constraints, to the local grid constraints, to the vehicle's constraints to make sure that we can charge all of our vehicles up ready to go by the next morning. So the, the smart element of that is managing all of the vehicles, understanding what their state of charge is, understanding the constraints of the building so that we can have a, a charging cycle and pattern that means that 
in the background it's quite complicated to sort all that out but on the front side drivers just need to plug it in like the mobile phone and walk away because that way uh, we don't have any complications with vehicles not charging because if they don't charge we're in we're in trouble so we have to make sure that's done and can you tell me more about your infrastructure in london Yeah, so we have London's largest privately owned smart charging infrastructure and we we need that because whilst the public infrastructure is improving, it's not something that we could ever rely on. Um, And unfortunately, it's also um, arguably too expensive relative to what sort of rate of electricity we can enjoy from our own buildings through a a commercial utility rate. So for all those reasons, we have our own infrastructure and therefore we we can be masters of our own destiny in terms of the refueling of the vehicles, which is integral for the business. Jose, are you ever concerned that you'll run out of charge en route? No, but the system is so nice because we get in the morning, you can see the first thing you have to do if it's if it's in full charge. If it's not full charge, you have to take another one. If it's full charge, you can do whatever you want during the day. It lasts you all day, no problem. Well, you make sure you have to, when you return to your depot, you have to put on charge again for next day. So it's not difficult to use? No, no, very easy. The smart charging infrastructure we had to start with was not easy to use, as Jose remembers. Too much complicated. It's, it needs to be clever to, to put on charge. Okay. <laughs> so you had to be an IT expert. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I guess it's the early stage technology that determines that things don't always work smoothly. And we've often been referred to as pioneers of pain in terms of doing things for the first time and making mistakes, learning from it, and then doing it better the second time around. So, you know, we've learned from that. Now it's working very well. So that was Sam and Jose, found out about some really interesting projects there, including portering, which I think is very relevant. Last meter logistics, you heard it here first. The next episode, which is our docu-podcast, which will be released on the 7th of May, topic is humans plus robots. Until then.